invite you to turn with me to Exodus chapter 20 this morning. It's on page 61 of the Bible in front of you if you need that. We're going to be reading the first 12 verses of Exodus 20, considering the heart of our God for His people, what it is we need in relationship to our God, maintaining and enjoying that relationship that He establishes with His people and with us. He's rescued us, He's redeemed us, all in, in progression and fulfillment of His redemption uh, to his people in the Old Testament, Old Testament Israel. Um, so this morning, through God's uh, preserving of his word, we hear again just uh, what these covenant obligations look like and, and what obedience should, should look like. And in living, you know, this applies to us just as much now as it did uh, to the people then, hopefully more so because of the freedom that we have in Christ. We'll start beginning at uh, verse 1, going through verse 12. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers and the children to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God, On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. This is God's Word. Let's pray together. Lord God, we do thank You for Your Word to us. You have condescended to us in such a way that we can understand. Lord, we pray that in these moments, we would hear that You'd give us ears to hear, to be receptive to Your Word, and that You would speak faithfully through Your servant. Lord, we come asking for Your illumination our hearts, our minds, how we can fulfill this word, this good command that you have given for life, to enjoy life. Lord, help us in every season of life to show this honor that you've commanded in pursuit of holiness. Lord, we ask you to guide us in understanding as well as applying in these moments in the days to come. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, Thomas flew into the kitchen after ball practice. He headed straight to the refrigerator. That's where I would expect 15-year-olds head straight to the refrigerator, grab a snack. So he got a snack out of the refrigerator, and he noticed that the house was really quiet. Mom was supposed to be home. That seemed a little strange. And so he began to look around the house, and, and he came to the bedroom, and there Mom was kind of curled up on the bed. And Thomas stood in the doorway, and he says, Well, Mom, what's going on? Are you okay? What's happening? Are you sick or something? He says, yes, son, I'm, I'm not feeling very well. And so Thomas stands there and sort of 
you know, crinkles up his face a little bit, ponders the situation, and he says, Mom, you know, don't worry about it. Okay, I'm 15 now. I've, I've got this taken care of. I can carry you from your bed down to the kitchen to make supper. Okay, he had it all figured out. He was willing to sacrifice so that mom could, well, make supper and do what she does most days. And we laugh at this, um, but when you consider the responsibilities, the sacrifices that moms and dads are making for their children, it, it becomes maybe not so much a laughing matter in short order. Um, usually not until later in life, sometimes much later, do children appreciate and express that appreciation for uh, mom and dad. Um, typically, in, not until they have children of their own do they look back um, and appreciate the sacrifices, the responsibility that comes with parenting. Um, it's not always the case, but honoring and respecting mom and dad, it's, it's usually revisited more and more as uh, we grow older. But honor within the family is of great importance to our God. Uh, families are of great importance to our God. Family is the basic social unit of society, the basic spiritual uh, unit of any society. When there is honor and respect within the home, we see honor in society. When life in the home is good, it spreads outward. It will impact the community for good. The opposite is also true. Dishonor, pain, abuse, brokenness in the home. What God has, has designed, specifically put in place for the good of community, that begins to crumble. And we, we know how, how sin and the infectiousness of sin in our own hearts those within our families. It affects those in our families outside. Our families are affected by that. Dishonor, disobedience to parents, um, along with dishonorable parents, grieves the heart of God, speaks to uh, the need for this word over and over again. What, what does it mean to honor? We'll come back uh, more to this, but the language here is to glorify or to add a weightiness. Uh, children are to give the instructions of dad and mom, a weightiness in their lives. Parents are to stand out to their children as those worthy of consideration, worthy of attention, uh, regardless of the age. But I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. We'll, we'll come back to that a little bit. But why do we need this? Um, what does this show, this command to honor father and mother, what does it say about us? Um, and we said all along this journey, as we look at the ten words, that this is the heart of our God. This is what He loves. This is what He's designed for human flourishing. Not just among us, not just in the church, but for all people everywhere. For all people everywhere, the relationships within the family, specifically with parents and children, is designed to bring life, freedom. God knows what our children need, even more so who our children need. There's a great push around us that focuses on what children need. Food and clothing and you know, some education and social activities. You know, and, and, and if all of these things together, we just sort of plug in these things, then, you know, then they'll, they'll grow up sort of innately turn into successful human beings. 
Now, providing these things is really important. We wouldn't deny that. They need these, these external things. But these provisions are not what's most important. God's primary concern is the who in the lives of our children, not the what. Children may grow into mature, responsible, trustworthy adults without some of those external factors. But without the influence of responsible mom and dad, they're at a great uh, disadvantage. Uh, most of us have, have seen this. Many of us have seen this play out in our own families or are seeing this played out. Uh, I don't think we need to dwell on, on, on the, the fact that this text, every other text, dealing with family and parenting in the Scriptures supports the need for father and mother. It's God's design. Um, we do acknowledge we have single moms, single dads, raising children, some of them by choice, many of them not by choice. You know this, how challenging this is, how important it is for the church to come alongside our single parents, to care for them, support them. Again, ongoing attempts to displace God from His rightful throne. Um, the, the pressure continues to build around us to redefine what God has ordained at creation. Saying, you know, it's okay to have two moms or two dads. Uh, my friends, this is not convenience. This is not a greater freedom. This is not a civil right. This is not what is best for children. This is heart rebellion against God who's created this order for our good. I mean, to think that the one who made the heavens and the earth, who crafts the child within the womb, does not know how they should be raised or by whom they should be raised. So it's absolutely absurd to think that we can tinker around, rearrange God's design for the family. I wasn't going to sit on this. I know I need to move on, but... Parents who are invested in the lives of their children, who sacrifice for them, who practice life-saving discipline, embrace that responsibility to, to educate and nurture their kids, they are worthy of honor. Proverbs 17, it says, Grandchildren are the crown of the aged. The glory of children is their fathers. Being a parent is honorable. So if you're a mom, dad, grandpa, grandma, the God of creation who, who loves you, who has entrusted you with the great privilege of nurturing His children, even with the sacrifices and the pain and the pressure of the world that says, you know what, what you're doing, it really, it really isn't all that productive and all the other things that you could be doing. You need to hear that our God thinks otherwise. He honors and equips parents who desire to honor Him. Okay, so let's turn this over. We need this word because it's God's design for families, for society, but we also need this word because we don't naturally, in our sin, do a very good job of honoring our parents. We either don't honor them at all, or in many cases it's very difficult to honor them because of their own disobedience, or the hurt that they've caused. We need to honor, not obey at all costs, honor moms and dads for the responsibilities, the office that they've been given, even if they've abandoned or do a very poor job at uh, exercising that role. I hope to talk more about that too. But in the Old Testament, dishonor for parents, it carried the penalty of death. Uh, twice in Exodus 21, Leviticus 20, 
It reads, if anyone curses his father or mother, he shall be put to death. The context uh, has adult children in view there. Uh, but to think that it's acceptable to disregard our parents or to show hostility towards them at any, any age, that's a serious, serious problem. Um, the problem continues to grow in our families as we look around us. Children, teenage children, adult children, they really don't think they need mom or dad. In some respects, this is understandable. Centuries before us, several decades ago, uh, kids depended on their parents really to learn the necessary skills of life, to carry on the, um, you know, the, the family business or to learn the occupational skills that they needed. If parents didn't give this guidance, then the children were lost. Um, well, now that we have you know, more technology, more information, ways to gather that information, uh, a lot of what parents had to provide before can be found uh, in other places. If you just go to this school, find it online, uh, and so forth. Um, so there are things that, that are gained and things lost uh, by this. But perhaps the most significant loss is the idea that we don't need the authority and perspective of mom and dad in order to be successful. Again, some aspects of worldly success that may be true, but success as measured by God, obedience to His law, that's going to suffer. So there's this crisis of authority in our culture. It has its roots right here in the family. If children do not or cannot honor mom and dad, how will they honor and respect the authority in other places in this world, the authority of our God. Okay, but what if that authority isn't perfect? What if mom or dad, both parents, are hurting us? And for those of you who are parents, grandparents, uh, this is you. This is me. Okay, and many we make big mistakes as parents. But that doesn't relieve the children from showing honor. You say, well, Pastor, you don't understand. You know, I, I rarely agree with my parents. In fact, I never agree with my parents. How can I honor them? That may be true, but it doesn't relieve the responsibility to honor them. Say, Pastor, you're still not getting it. Um, you know, my parents, I've been abused by my parents or parent. You know, they verbally bashed me, um, emotionally scarred me, they physically abused me. You need to hear this morning that it, is a, it would be a sin to overlook this or to minimize that wrong or to gloss over the pain that parents have caused. I know that, that children, younger, older children, are often the, the victims of dishonor and abuse. It grieves the heart of God. It kindles the wrath of His holiness and justice against parents who think they can say whatever they want to say or do whatever they want to do with their children. They are accountable to Him and they will answer to Him. But it does not relieve the child from honoring father and mother. So I, just hearing those examples should show us that honor is more than just a feeling, more than just a perception. That this honor... It's an honor for, for the role, the, respecting the position that these individuals have in our lives 
in spite of mom and dad's limitations, in spite of their own sin, in spite of the fact that you may not agree with their decisions, their personal lives. Um, they're to be respected because of that relationship. It can be very hard. Very hard. You know this will require the enabling power of God to honor those who have hurt us or could potentially hurt us in this way. So there's another reason we need this command. Uh, that's because parents need help. Children are indebted to their parents as moms and dads get, uh, get older. They need the loving concern, interest of their children. Um, we know this well as, as we get older. It's a real part of life for some of you now. Uh, at some point in the cycle of families, those who are dependent on mom and dad, that role, those roles begin to change. Or mom and dad now need to be cared for Uh, That's God's design. Adult children respecting and caring for uh, family members, for aging parents. Uh, And again, this this is a responsibility that's largely being pushed aside in our time. Um, Ignored in this, I mean, even in a welfare, social security state, um, we say we're just going to to let someone else care for uh, aging parents. Um, doesn't eliminate the need for concern, investment by the children. Proverbs 23 says, Listen to your father who gave you life. Do not despise your mother when she is old. And Paul gives instruction to Timothy, makes a special note, If a widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show godliness to their own household, to make some return to their parents, for this is pleasing in the sight of God. So it's godly, it is a privilege to care for aging parents, as challenging, as sanctifying as that can be. So even as I think through this, as I consider what this honor looks like and why we need this command, it should show us we need Jesus. Um, The coming of Christ, how how we see this fulfilled. We have a new family in Christ. We're part of a new family in Jesus. It's a family that, that gets its name from Him. Ephesians chapter 3. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven on earth is named. So the church takes its name from the Father through the Son. We're united in Jesus. So that makes us all a part of a spiritual family. Brothers and sisters, fathers, mothers in the Lord. Paul Paul uses this uh, phrase in Ephesians 6. We read something similar earlier. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. It may go well with you, that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So this this in the Lord language, that changes everything. It changes every human relationship. Changes how... Employers, employees relate to each other. It changes how teachers, students relate to each other. It changes how husbands and wives relate to each other and how parents relate to children, children to parents. Parents discipline, instruct their children in the Lord for they are under His authority. Children honor and respect parents in the Lord because they too are under the authority of God. So the bond between parents and children within the family of God is deepened. A love for Christ must produce a love and honor for parents and for children. It's an outworking 
the Spirit of God in our midst and among the spiritual family. Have you seen this within the body of Christ? Do you desire encouragement, counsel, coaching, crying out together as brothers and sisters within the family of God? I mean, it's there. It's available to us, not because we're all willing to help all the time or we're even good at helping all the time, but because we're in Christ and living in the Lord together. We see this transformation in Christ very practically when our children are born, they're adopted into, to, or they're adopted into the family and they're brought for baptism. It's a sacrament, in the sacrament of baptism, we see God placing His name upon the child, declaring that this child is now counted among His people, among the spiritual family. So there are now their blessings and their promises extended to this little one that's been included in the family of God. Now the responsibility to profess the name of Christ is still there. But they're nurtured among immediate family and among the greater family of God. So children honor their parents in the Lord. They honor others within the church who model for them, show them Jesus. Because we all bear this name as the body of Christ, the one who's redeemed us. I think it's a good lean in how we obey this command today. If we're to honor our parents and grandparents, then they should be honorable. Blake mentioned this in his lead-in to talking about the call. We, we must be honorable parents and grandparents, spiritual mothers and fathers. Will we always be honorable? Of course not. Will parents make mistakes that require forgiveness? Absolutely. But we must strive in the grace of God to live honorably, raise our children in the wisdom of the Lord Jesus. It's a noble task. We get frustrated. We get upset. We're going to mess up. But let's remember that our Heavenly Father, the perfect Heavenly Father, only has rebellious and disobedient children. Even when His children mess up and do silly things. He doesn't treat them harshly. He doesn't ignore them, push them aside. He disciplines with patience and wisdom. May that, may that be us. There's wisdom and patience and gentleness, self-control in parenting our children. And that, that makes honoring parents and those within the body of Christ not only a little bit easier, but joyful for our children. They'll want to honor the ones who love them. Let them know this through word and action. Our children, our grandchildren need to see this in the home and in the church. A study was done too long ago, a study of youth and religion. It found three factors that contributed to, to children either embracing or keeping the faith into adulthood. And I don't think these come as a surprise, really, but it underscores the importance of what we're talking about here. The number one factor is that a young person's parents practice the faith at home, that it was a part of their life, not just within a church setting. And that shouldn't surprise us. Okay? It takes more than just dragging the kids out of bed on a Sunday morning or dropping them off on a Wednesday night. It's a living, breathing faith that's in the Word with our children, with our grandchildren, prayer with our kids. You know, are they going to appreciate the spiritual disciplines all the time? The time you spend with them devotions? No. No, they're not. But they need to see them. It needs to be part of the rhythm of life. At least to the degree that we can as parents. 
They don't see its importance, and they don't see the difference it makes and who's really to blame as they cast it off, entering into adulthood. Second factor was that a young person had an adult friend or a mentor other than parents who practiced the faith. Healthy relationships with other adults who share a passion for Christ. Where do you think healthy relationships with other Christ-honoring adults are found? Yeah, start looking around. It's right here, within the church. Friends and mentors in the church, willing to invest in our young people. Just critically important. The last factor was a significant spiritual experience uh, before the age of 17. Again, the Lord's going to open the hearts of our children uh, in lots of ways, lots of places. But there is, uh, where is a significant spiritual experience likely uh, to occur? Within the life of the church. Maybe it's a study or a retreat or a service project. Okay, the Lord uses these things to draw us closer to Himself. I think if I were to ask any one of you, you know, what contributed to your faith and the, the strength of your faith going into adulthood, we'd probably hit these factors right on the head. Um, took you deeper into an understanding. Another way we obey this command is to repent. We've not honored, uh, respected our parents to resolve to do this in the future. Um, we need to be patient with our parents. You know, I can say this, I can look right at my kids, at Nathaniel, Hannah, and Lydia, and say, please be patient with your dad. Um, he's going to say things, he has said things that are going to be hurtful. Respond in anger. Um, please be patient with Dad. Um, you need to hear that, that our God, He desires your wholeness and your growth and your maturity in Him even more than I do. Because of His love for you. And it's true for us all. Um, because of His love for each and every one of us. Um, even with broken parents, He still gives us parents. We can't bring ourselves to honor them. How will we honor our heavenly parent. Um, some of us need to repent in this area. Uh, pursue reconciliation with parents. Some of us have tried this for years and there's still pain. Still hurts that are, that are unresolved, unforgiven. Let, let's be honest. Life may end. It may end for parents and may end for you before healing is realized. But we can't give up hope of this. We pray for this. We must not stop longing for this, even if that longing is preparing our hearts for a reunion in glory. We need to provide honor and care. For younger children, that means respectfully doing what mom and dad say with an attitude that is submissive and pleasing. And for older and adult children, that means you know, respectfully considering what mom and dad have to say. It's not dishonoring to disagree or to make a different decision. But if mom and dad are walking with the Lord, then it follows that we would place some weightiness on their opinions, their recommendations. Again, that in the Lord is really important. If parents are giving instruction or advice that is not in accord with God's Word, or they're making discipleship for their children that much harder than with a heavy heart, the children must disobey and follow the Lord. Again, I know so much of this, it sounds ridiculous in our time. 
parents, at least the authority of parents, is considered optional, uh, growing irrelevant to much of uh, everyday life. I saw legislation that was enforced recently in the state of Michigan where I grew up, so it caught my attention. Um, a mother who brought her 17-year-old daughter, she had hurt her foot, brought her into the hospital and into the registration window, and there was a sign in the registration window that said this, Attention parents of adolescent children ages 12 to 17. New Michigan medical records access laws have been put in place. This will require a nurse to have a five-minute private conversation with your child. We will explain the purpose and process at the time of visit and answer any questions you may have. Well, this mama said, I don't think so. I'll be in on whatever conversations you're going to have with my child. And so they closed the registration window and the office manager came out and said, well, you know, we're doing this because we need to talk to your daughter about uh, uh, diseases, birth control, things like that. It would be a safe place to, to communicate that. And the mom said, I don't think so. Um, and so they went, they went somewhere else. And then she was later told that Michigan does have this law where a minor can deny parental access to records. But that private conversation was not in the law at all. This hospital had gone ahead and taken that extra step. Um, and after this incident, that sign was removed, uh, coincidentally. But parental authority and the opinion of parents, I mean, being disregarded or sidestepped. This is not God's design. This is not the norm. Okay, so we, we must be those children, younger and older, who honor the perspective, authority of parents. Again, it looks like showing concern, care for parents as they get older. Um, you know, they're going to tell us, well, you know, we know that you, you have a family, you're busy as a family, but that doesn't eliminate the, the loneliness, wanting to be a part of family, being appreciated by the family. It can take some extra effort to do this for visits, for phone calls. I was moved as I thought about this last week. I love talking with my parents. I enjoy it, but I can go weeks without even talking to them. It may mean financial assistance is necessary to care for mom and dad as, as they get older. In the New Testament, the Pharisees, they avoided this type of responsibility. Because um, you know what, mom and dad, we love you so much that we're going to take the money that we use to care for you and we're going to give it to the church. Aren't we loving? Aren't we good kids? Um, the Lord Jesus takes them to task over this. Because they're not loving God, they're not loving their neighbor, they are rejecting God for their tradition. And if there's no family to see after the needs of the widow or the widower in the church, the family of God is there to support them. I'm watching my mother uh, now care for aging parents on her side as well as on my dad's side. I'm seeing how stressful this can be. But I'm also seeing how beautiful it is. How she comes and serves and cleans up when they don't even know her name. Or another angry spell that she just listens. She's heard it before a thousand times. But she serves. Um, I think it's important to mention, just, just briefly, how we can honor our parents when they're gone. Um, you know, for those who've had difficult relationship with parents, maybe no opportunity for that relationship to, to mend because there's been absence or abuse. So we need to cling to the love of our Heavenly Father. May the absence of godly parents drive you to your Heavenly Father. Drive you to the One who loves you. 
Only in Christ can we travel that road to forgiveness and honor those who may have dishonored us. For, for parents that we have loved, you know, in all of their weaknesses and wrinkles, um, they're now gone. We must love the God that they served. To honor the Lord is to, to trust Him as they taught us. I mean, even if their understanding was not as, as complete or as helpful at times, God used them as a conduit of, of His grace. So we can hold on and prove on, on what we've learned from them. Um, or do things differently because of what we've learned uh, from them. Is to honor the Lord. Uh, just a final application here. As those in the Lord, we must not limit this command to just honoring parents. As we recited that text from the Catechism, in the Old Testament, the paternal, not parental, but the paternal authority flowed naturally from the household to the courts and to the state. The king was considered a father to the people. Honor was to be extended to those in positions of authority. So this theme continues in love for our neighbor in the New Testament. So we must honor those in positions of authority over us, whether it's elders, teachers, government officials, even if we don't agree with their policy, the decisions they've made, we can honor the office and the position that God has placed them in. We show grace as we consider their words, as we consider their instructions, we can still honor them even if we're choosing a different path. Parents, with younger children, grandchildren. You know that phrase, we do this much better in the South, but yes sir, yes ma'am. It can be very helpful to pass along um, at the appropriate times. It instills respect. There is an undercurrent of honor in those responses. Um, Elders addressed as Mr. So-and-so or Mrs. So-and-so. Please don't be the adult that says, oh, you know, that's okay, you can call me Joe or Bob or Susie. Um, no, they cannot. They are not adult friends with the maturity and experience that you have as potential mentors, models in their lives. You say, well, Brad, that is so old-fashioned. There are a lot bigger fish to fry and things we should be thinking about than phrases like that. My answer is yes. There are more pressing issues at stake uh, in a moment. But it's only old-fashioned if we, if we believe the precedent and path of God's Word is old-fashioned. If we cannot instill honor for authority at a young age, how are we going to address this crisis of authority? How we instill honor for God, a desire to obey Him, if it's not encouraged, modeled in our parents today? So the command, only command with a promise, that your days will be long in the land, not just a reference to length of days, but good days. When we honor God's design for families, we enjoy days of favor. Blessing from the Lord. So our desire is to honor Him as we submit to Christ, bring honor to our Heavenly Father. It's going to give us a, a better understanding, a better intuition on how we honor our earthly parents. Let's pray together. Lord, there are so many things we can consider in this one-line command that You've given to us. It underscores the need to honor and respect the authority You've placed in our lives. Lord, help us every stage of life, each season in applying this Word. Give us wisdom, clarity, we ask. 
where we've just scratched the surface on how to do so. So we pray for your guidance, for your direction as we pursue holiness in this way. To honor you, our perfect heavenly Father. To honor those in authority. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.